Hi, my name is Paul Grogan. Welcome to episode three of the all-new Gaming Rules podcast. This podcast is an audio version of the Gaming Rules monthly video log from August 2021. If you'd prefer to watch this on YouTube, that video is already there, but a number of people have asked me to create this as a podcast. This is only made possible with the financial support of my Patreon campaign. So a huge thank you to all of my supporters for making this possible. And if you like the content that I create, please consider supporting me at patreon.com forward slash gaming rules. And now on with the show. Hi, my name's Paul Grogan. Welcome to the latest Gaming Rules monthly video log roundup of all of the games that I've been playing and everything else that I have been doing. This video log is being produced in August 2021 and it's going to cover the period since the last video log. Now, the last video log was late, which means this one is a three-week episode uh, rather than the last one, which was five weeks. So I'm going to be covering everything that I've done since 19th of July right up to today, which is the 10th of August. I think it's the 10th of August. Yes, it is not including what I'm doing tonight. So the odd thing is, I'm filming this video log on a Wednesday afternoon. I've actually got a game planned tonight. So by the time this video log goes live, it will already be out of date. Anyway, uh, a huge thank you to all of my Patreon supporters that make these videos possible. Without the financial support of my Patreon campaign, I'm not able to produce these videos because they take many hours to prepare, film and edit and everything else. It's generally speaking, to give you an idea, it's probably about six to seven hours work in total just to produce one of these video logs. I probably take longer creating these than other people, but that's just me. So anyway, let's start off first by all of the games that I've been playing. Now, the first one on the list is the 21st of July, and I did two solo playthroughs of Distilled. One of those is on the channel now, uh, which was uh, as part of the Kickstarter campaign for Distilled. They contacted me and wanted me to do some coverage for the game. So in the previous monthly video log, I talked about playing the multiplayer game of Distilled. Well, on the 21st of July, I played the solo game of Distilled. So I actually played it twice. The first time is was a practice run, which I live streamed to Patreon supporters. My patrons get access to certain behind the scenes videos, and that's one of them. So it was Paul learning how the solo game works and then playing through the solo game. And then I you know, reset it back up and then I did the live stream in the evening. Now I've already talked about Distilled on the last monthly video log. The Kickstarter campaign has finished and it was a sponsored video. So I can't really sort of, you know, I can't really tell you what I think about the game because that video was sponsored. But if you're interested in seeing how the solo game works of Distilled, it is on the channel now. What I will tell you though, and I'll tell you, I, I, I'm telling you this because I said this at the end of the Distilled video. And this is the first topic of discussion. This is solo games. Now, I like solo games. Prior to uh, lockdown, prior to the COVID pandemic, I'd started to get into solo games. So it's not that I'm not one of those people who, oh, the pandemic has hit, suddenly I've become a solo gamer. Nothing wrong with that. Um, but I was getting into solo gaming a little bit before that. And for me, there is three types of solo game. The first of all, there is the type like underwater cities, for example, where it is literally just you play the game pretty much as you would normally play a multiplayer game, count your score and you're trying to get, I think it's 100 in underwater cities, but effectively it's a beat your own score game. There's nothing else to it other than that. Okay, second type is where you've got an automated uh, AI opponent, be it a bot, an automa or simulated other players, some of which can be simple, some of which can be fairly complex, but you're actually playing against an AI opponent and you're trying to beat them. And there is the third type of solo game where 
There isn't an AI opponent, but it isn't just about getting points. You've actually got a set of goals. Um, and distilled is that third type. Now, me, personally, I like the first type. I like just playing underwater cities solo because I get pretty much the same experience as when I'm playing with other players. Um, I don't like the middle type, um, personally. I respect the amount of effort that's gone into creating um, an automated other player, but for me, it just, it just does my head in. But the gold type is also really good as well. That's probably my favorite type. Um, that Between that and the first one. Anyway, and distilled is the third type. So in distilled solo, you have a set of goals which come out, uh, and basically you've got to try and achieve those goals Otherwise, you can't win the game. So it, it isn't just play the game and trying to beat your score. It's actually specific objectives that you need to achieve. So yeah, the solo game of Distilled is a good solo game. Right, moving on. The 23rd of July was another solo game, uh, and this was Merv. Now, I've just told you that there's three types of solo games, and Merv is the middle type of solo game. Now, Merv is a game which I have gone on record and have said it's really good, it's a strong game, it's one of my favourite games of that year. However, at three and four player, I think it's brilliant. There is a two-player version of Merv, which I know some people like, and it's, it's okay, you kind of have to do a little bit of a third player yourself, but that's fine. But the solo game of Merv is not something that I would choose to play again. And that isn't because it isn't good. The solo version of Merv is a very good solo game, and the Automa is not too complicated, but and it, it is very clever in the way that the solo game works. However, for me, I find that level of overhead too much for me. So Merv Solo is not a game that I would choose to play solo. But as I say, that's not to say that it isn't a good solo mode, because I know a lot of people that love it, and that isn't to say that Merv isn't a good game. It's just not one that I can get me head round it, it just, yeah, I've obviously got a problem when it comes to that. Anyway, next up, the 24th, and I've logged this as a play, is I played a solo game of Praga Kaput Regni, or Praga, um, on Yukata. It's on Yukata, it's in beta at the moment, and I've not played Praga for a long time, and I found that it was online, it was on that site, I couldn't really remember how to play, but I played a quick solo game of it and realized this is a game I like, and this is a game I want to play more of. So yeah, uh, yukata.de is the platform where you can play uh, Praga Kaput Regni. It, it is on there, and as I say, I just played a solo game. I didn't do very well. I really didn't do very well, because I was making, as I say, I played it for the purposes of relearning the game. Anyway, more about that later. Next up, this is also on the 24th. These are probably in the wrong order, actually. Um, but on the 24th, I also did a couple of playthroughs of Undaunted North Africa uh, with a local friend, Paul, but we did it remotely. We used Tabletop Simulator to play it. Uh, there is some official mods for Undaunted North Africa on Tabletop Simulator. And the reason why I was playing it is because the week after, I was due to play two games of Undaunted North Africa, and I needed to relearn how to play it. So basically, me and Paul jumped onto Tabletop Simulator, and we played a couple of games of it, while both... I don't think Paul had played it before, but he'd read the rules and watched the video, whereas I was very, very rusty on it. So anyway, Undaunted North Africa. Um, again, it's another game where uh, Osprey Games sponsored me to create the official How to Play video for, so I shouldn't really give you my impression of the game. Um, but I do enjoy playing it. It is... Personally, I think it's a war game, and I'm interested to know what you think. Do you, if you've played Undaunted, 
Do you think it's a war game? For me, it is a war game, right? A war game to me does not have to be hex encounters and lots and lots of units, right? The theme of the game is war. You are moving soldiers around. You are shooting at each other. Sure, it's got deck building in it. It has some Euro elements to it, but it is very much role to resolve. And whilst I enjoy a lot of the mechanisms of the game and I like the presentation of the game and I like the varied scenarios and it plays in about 45 minutes to 60 minutes, ultimately it is role to resolve. Um, and that is just one of those games. And I'll, I'll talk about this a bit more after I've talked about the other two games. I'll come back to it in a bit. Right, next up. Also on the 24th, I played a game of War Chest. Again, online, um, but a friend of mine, Scott, um, who has played Too Many Bones with me before on the channel, and probably some other things as well. Um, but I, it was late at night. I didn't really want to go to bed. I fancied playing something. Scott was available, and he had not played War Chest, so I taught him how to play War Chest. By the same designers as Undaunted and Undaunted Normandy and Undaunted North Africa, uh, Trevor Benjamin and David Thompson. War Chest, I think, is fantastic. I really I enjoy War Chest. It's kind of bag-building chess, um, and I've got the physical game, and I've played it a whole bunch, uh, and I've run a little mini tournament, uh, a previous Handicon for it. Yeah, I really like War Chest. I think it's a very, very good game, very clever game, very tactical, uh, and I really like it. And it is available online. You can play it. I think it's on Yukata. Um, so yeah, War Chest, another game that I want to play loads of because it's just really, really good. Next up, on the 25th, and I say it's on the 25th, it's actually the game finished on the 25th because this was another game that I played using an online website, uh, this, this time Watage, which is a French website, and I played Brussels 1893. And the, we played it, it took, took about a week to play, um, and you know we were doing like a couple of turns a day or something like that. Uh, and the game finished on the 25th. Now that's the day that I recorded it, because for those of you who don't know, I record my digital plays of board games on Board Game Geek as a played game if the digital representation is exactly the same. So for Gloomhaven Digital, I do not record my plays of Gloomhaven Digital because it's not an exact copy of the physical game. Whereas uh, War Chest was, Undaunted was, Praga was, and Brussels 1893 was. Now, the reason why I played it is I had previously played Brussels 1893 on the channel. Nick and Gemma came round one night. It's one of their favourite games. We played it and unfortunately got uh, quite a few of the rules wrong. So because of that, uh, I, I'd, I'd found out what rules we got wrong during that playthrough and I wanted to play it again with the correct rules. And the online implementation has the correct rules. Now, this was not a sponsored video in any way, so I can tell you that Brussels 1893 is a cracking game. It's got a, it's got a very high reputation. A lot of people I know that have played it have said it's a brilliant game. So I was expecting to like it going in, and I did like it. Um, yeah, and I liked it just because it was a solid Euro game. Not going to say it's overly thematic, even though it kind of is a bit. But the mechanisms in the game and the way that it all works, a couple of the bits felt a little bit, oh, yeah, let's throw this bit in, let's throw this, oh, and let's throw this bit in, but it kind of all fits together. Um, I like a Euro game where you have so many choices and there's so many decisions that you need to make and there's an impact to those decisions that you make. And this, this game has that in spades. Uh, really, really good. Where did that phrase come from? It has it in spades. Right, next up, the 26th of July and then the 27th of July, and then later on as well. So I'll talk about this a bit more later on, but on the 26th of July, I did a solo playthrough 
and this was privately streamed to my Patreon supporters, this isn't, this isn't on the channel, of me learning how to play Lock and Load Tactical Digital. Now, Lock and Load Tactical is a hex and counter war game with a 190 page rulebook, okay? We're talking very, very complex hex and counter war game. Uh, Lock and Load is a system which I think came out about 20 years ago, uh, but the publisher has been constantly supporting it, releasing updates. They're now on version 5.1 of the rules. And regular viewers of mine will know that earlier on this year, or was it possibly even last year? I think it was earlier this year. I suddenly got a bit of a craving to explore Hex and Counter War games. When I started gaming in the 80s, Hex and Counter War games were a thing. I, I dabbled a tiny little bit back then, and I've always wanted to explore it a bit more. I like tanks, I like the World War II setting, and I've always had this, passion's the wrong word, interest. I've always had this curiosity about Hex and Counter War games. And Lock and Load Tactical Digital was one that was recommended to me as a system which I should, I should try out. Uh, and I'm friends with um, a guy called Mo in America, uh, and Mo's really into his Hex and Counter War games. And he got me in contact with the publishers of Lock and Load, and they sent me a Steam key for Lock and Load Tactical Digital, which is a complete representation of the physical board game, but in digital form. So it's, it's not a digital adaptation as such. Well, I guess it is. What I'm saying is it's not like Gloomhaven Digital, you know, which is different. This Lock and Load Tactical Digital is a direct copy of the physical board game. Um, so I got it and I did a solo playthrough, me trying to learn how to play. Uh, that didn't go so well. So on the 27th, Peter Rushton, another patron supporter, uh, who's a big Hex Encounter wargame uh, person and also a miniatures wargame person. He has the system, he knew how to play. We did a two-player game where he effectively taught me how to play. That was a lot better. Uh, that went a lot better and that all set me up for when I covered it later on. And I'm going to come back to this game when I talk about my UK Games Expo weekend. Right, moving on. 27th of July, me and Vicky played Gloomhaven Jaws of the Lion. Uh, we are not playing this anywhere near as much uh, as I want to at the moment. We should be playing it, or we, we both said we would play it basically every week. We're playing it usually about once a month because life stuff is, is going on at the moment. But for those of you who watched the last monthly video log, I talked about the fact that we'd failed the two previous scenarios in Gloomhaven, Jaws of the Lion. So what we did is we used my new rules for difficulty level 2.5. So what we did is we played on difficulty level three, or sorry, scenario level three, but we reduced one of the monsters of our choice down to level two. We didn't want to reduce it all the way down to two because we both felt, well, I certainly felt that that would make it a bit too easy, but we played it twice on scenario level three and I didn't, we didn't want to play it again on three and fail again. And I know some people, thanks for all the feedback from last month where I, I asked the question, what do you do? And a lot of people said, they just treat it as a success. Even if they failed the scenario, life's too short to be replaying scenarios. They just treat it as a success and move on. And other people said, no, we play by the rules, we stick at it. And some people have played the scenario five or six times before they, before they win. Personally, I'm, I'm happy to replay it once, but if we don't win the second time round, we will probably just skip it because uh, yeah, life is too short. We've got too many other things to do. 
but we played on difficulty level 2.5. Uh, and we succeeded. It's scenario number 15, for those of you who don't know, I won't give any real spoilers away, um, but it's a tough scenario, uh, and we did it. And in fact, we did it, and at the end of it, I was thinking, maybe we would have done this on scenario level three, because we played better, uh, and we got, we got a little bit lucky with some of the cards, but yeah, that scenario requires you to play and, and do things in a certain way, and that's one of the things that I really love about Gloomhaven. And I know... Some people out there think that every single game of Gloomhaven is exactly the same, and it's just 99 scenarios that are all kill-all monsters. You couldn't be more wrong. Sorry, if you think that, then I have to politely disagree with you. Because every scenario of Gloomhaven we've played, well, maybe not everyone. Okay, maybe there's a few that are the same, but we've played Gloomhaven about 50 times. And all but a few of the scenarios have felt very different, because even if the objective is kill-all monsters which it was in this scenario, there are special rules about, oh, and when you do that, this door opens, but then you've got to do those two, and if you do that, then this, and at the end of each round, this happens. Right, that, that, that means every scenario is different. Different monsters, different special rules, and that scenario definitely felt very different, and we had to approach it a different way. So anyway, we didn't play Gloomhaven last night, unfortunately, um, but yes, we will, we will pick this up Hopefully soon. We are nearing the end of the Jaws of the Lion campaign. Uh, and I'm not sure what we're going to do after that. Possibly switch to Tainted Grail. Anyway, next up, on the 28th, Marvel Champions. Now, I've had a, about a year off of Marvel Champions, possibly even longer, for various reasons. Um, but after my birthday present, where somebody, uh, thank you very much, got me uh, a couple of bits for Marvel Champions that I didn't have, I decided it was time to put aside my reasons for, for, for not getting into it and playing it, and just buy everything. So thankfully, uh, Games Law had pretty much everything. They were only missing one thing that I managed to find somewhere else. Um, and I now have a complete collection of Marvel Champions. Now, Marvel Champions, for those people that knew me when I first played it, when it came out, I absolutely loved it. It's an amazing game. I absolutely love it. Um, but as I say, for one reason or another, I dropped off and stopped playing it. But now I've got back into it. And I've played it one, two, three, four, five, six times <laughs> in the last couple of weeks. Um, yeah, I've played it a lot. So, um, uh, I've had an Ant-Man Ant deck. Andrew built an Ant-Man deck for me. Um, and I did some solo playthroughs. These were for Patreons only because it was basically me relearning re how to play the game. I did a couple of solo playthroughs of me playing against Claw. Or was that public? I might have been public. I can't remember. But I did one playthrough, which I lost, and then I did another playthrough, which I won. Uh, then the day afterwards, I played again against Ultron. Again, just, just, just learning my deck. Uh, and then on the 30th of July was the start of an online gaming convention called uh, UK Games Expo Can't. So UKGE Can't, because basically I was supposed to go to UK Games Expo, and I wasn't able to go um, this year. So I decided to have three games where I was playing games online. Um, however, Rick did come over on the Friday night and we, we started the Red Skull campaign. So the Red Skull campaign for Marvel Champions is a series of five scenarios. Uh, you play them in order. We played scenario one versus Crossbones and we won. We then played scenario two versus Ob Absorbing Man and we lost. Uh, it was then late and Rick had to go home. That's where we've paused the campaign, but we'll be continuing next week. So yeah, absolutely love Marvel Champions. I think it's a fantastic game. I absolutely understand some of the criticisms about the game in that 
it just ends up being a maths puzzle. You know, the monster, the, the bad guy, the villain's got 12 health left. Oh, well, I can do this to do eight damage. And if you tap that card, you can deal in one. And then if we do that, we do three. Sure. Okay, it ends up being adding up numbers to deal the amount of damage that you need to do. But that's how deterministic combat works. In every game where you have that and you don't have like a random element or dice or cards or whatever, then it ends up being that. And, you know, I understand some people might not like that, but for me, Marvel Champions is an amazing game. I'm a huge Marvel fan anyway. Love the films, love the graphic novels, comics, whatever you want to call them. Um, and I find the game extremely thematic. And for me, and I've said this many times before, but I'll say it again, playing a game of Marvel Champions makes me feel like I'm in a film in a Marvel film. I don't like wear the costume or anything like that, but the way that a scenario plays out by the, by the way that the heroes switch forms and all of the cool things they do, just really good. Really, really like it. So anyway, that's Marvel Champions. Glad to be, glad to be playing it again. Um, also, on that Friday, I played a game of Underwater Cities uh, using Yukata with uh, Graham and Stevie. Now, Underwater Cities is a great game. I really, really enjoy Underwater Cities. But it is one of those games that I kind of have played a bit and then went off from it and played it again and went off from it. Playing it again on this website, Yukata. Now, there are lots and lots of games on Yukata. Some of them have really good interfaces and some of them have not so good interfaces. If you are the person that created the interface on Yukata for Underwater Cities, thank you. It is one of the best, if not the best, interfaces for an online game that I've ever played. It is so well done. And it makes playing the game an absolute dream because it's fully automated. It does everything for you. And it's, it's just really, really well done. So yeah, thank you to the publisher for giving them permission to put it on there. Thank you for the person who put it on there. Underwater Cities, brilliant game. Now, I went with the farm strategy. I have heard one of the downsides of the game is that the, the farm strategy is overpowered. You know, some people will disagree with that. I have heard that. I've never actually tried it myself, but I decided in this game that I was going to try it, uh, and it, it, I did win the game. I'm not going to say it was overpowered. It felt quite strong, um, but this is my question to you. If you're watching this video log and you have played Underwater Cities, do you think that the farm strategy is too powerful? Uh, and if you do, let me know, and if you don't, let me know why, because um, I'm curious as to whether it is or not. Um, I certainly thought I played that game quite well, and there were certainly some endgame scoring cards, but there was definitely a move in that game, and Stevie's, if he's watching this, will probably be going, Arr. in the... There was a fight for turn order position, and it was really, really critical, and I managed to play a card that got me two spaces up on the initiative track, or whatever it's called, uh, the Federation track. And that meant that I went first, which means I was able to buy the special card, which means Stevie didn't buy the special card. The points, we worked them out that if it had been the other way around, it would have been extremely close. We'd have all been within, within a few points of each other. But I did get lucky with this one card that actually moved me twice up the Federation track, uh, which allowed me to yeah, seize the initiative and go first on a really crucial part of the game. Anyway, Underwater Cities is fantastic. Next up on the Saturday, again, this is me at home while everybody else is at UK Games Expo, I play the solo game of Star Wars Outer Rim. Now, Star Wars Outer Rim, I think is a brilliant game. I absolutely love Star Wars Outer Rim. And many of you will be thinking why, because it is quite random. But it's just so enjoyable to play. Okay, now, 
I played a solo game of it and I lost. But I don't care. Because every moment of playing that game was enjoyable. And surely the point of playing games is to enjoy yourself. From the moment I started playing the game, mm, right, I've got a bounty. I need to go and find this guy. Let's start flying around the galaxy. Oh, I've got some cargo. Where does that need to go? That needs to go here. Oh, I've got this. Oh, there's something else there. It's just great. It tells a story. And sure, it's random. You've got a lot of card flipping. You've got dice for resolution. You've got all of that stuff. It is very much not a Euro game, and it can drag with three or four players. But I just love the game. I, I think it's really, really good. And I know a lot of people have said, oh, it definitely needs an expansion. And I'm like, well, sure, once you've played it 10, 15 times, maybe everything feels very similar. But yeah, I'm, I'm really enjoying it. So I definitely want to play that again. Said that a lot of games. Um, I then played a game of Praga Kabul Regni on Yukata. I think that was possibly another solo game. I, I've got it written down on my sheet, but I can't actually remember playing it. I might have played that with other people. I can't remember. All I know is that on the 31st, I played a game of Praga Kabul Regni and can't remember anything more about it <laughs> other than that it's on the list. Maybe that was in the afternoon. I don't know. I don't know. Apologies if I played it with you because I'm starting to think maybe it was a multiplayer game now. I just can't remember. Anyway, in the evening, I played two games of Undaunted North Africa against Brendan, who's over the pond a few hundred miles away. Uh, and that's why I did the practice games with Paul a week before, because we'd advertised that we were going to be doing a couple of games of Undaunted about a month or so ago, and then situations changed and I wasn't able to do it. Um, so this has been outstanding. And... I can honestly say now that Undaunted North Africa is definitely a game that I want to play a lot more of. So I touched on this earlier on, and I mentioned the fact that there's dice for resolution and playing games as being enjoyable. Right, so my opinion on Undaunted North Africa is it is a war game. It does have a very cool deck building mechanic, mechanism, uh, on the way that it all works and the way that it puts together. You've definitely got choices in the game of which units you recruit and what you play and the decision about which card you play for initiative. There's so many cool things in there that are definitely Euro mechanisms. But then you have this dice for resolution. And one of the things with the game is that quite often, the number that you need to hit is quite high, like eight, nine or 10 on a D10. And you might have like one or two dice that you're rolling, possibly. So the chance of you actually hitting is quite slim. But when you do hit, it can have a big effect on the game. So all of the games that I've played of this have been enjoyable. I've played four games of it in the last couple of weeks. Every single one has been enjoyable, but all of them came down to getting a hit at the right time. Now, I'm not saying it was just one dice roll. It's not like, oh, one dice roll, Paul's rolled a 10, he's won the game. It's not that. But when you do hit, sometimes it can have quite a big effect on the game and again that's down to it's a combination of tactical choices it wasn't just you know I rolled high and therefore I've won the game it was setting everything up manipulating the situation to get into the situation and one of the things that you can do in the game certain units have the ability to suppress now if you suppress you roll more dice so you've got more chance of hitting but you don't actually wound them but you do suppress them and certainly two of those games were won because uh, either me or my opponent, suppressed a unit at just the right time. So I had this scout and I had this engineer and they were hiding behind a rock. And the engineer's job was to go over there and blow the plane up 
but you can't move an engineer into an area unless it's been scouted first. And I think Brendan had, um, he'd, he'd, he'd suppressed my scout and flipped it over. Now, when you've got a counter that's flipped over, you effectively, you have to play a card from your hand to reflip that counter over instead of the counter getting a turn. And I had plans, I'd got it all set up, all ready, and I was gonna play the scout, the scout was gonna to move to the, to the plane to scout the plane, then the engineer was gonna to move to the plane and blow it up and everything else. And Brendan neutralized my scout at just the right time. And then I played the scout card, but because I hadn't recruited any more scouts, I'm getting into too much detail here. Great game, really, really enjoyed it, wanna play more of it. As I say, it's a cross between a Euro game and dice for resolution, but it all, it all fits together really well. Let us know if you've played Undaunted and let us know if you've played um, Normandy or North Africa. One thing I will say about Undaunted is later this year they are going to be releasing Undaunted Reinforcements, which is an expansion pack for both games and it includes a solo mode. We will see what type of solo mode it is. I have no idea how you do a solo mode for effectively a tactical war game where people are making decisions, but I'm definitely going to try it when it arrives. Finally, on the Sunday, uh, oh no, on the Saturday night, after Undaunted, I didn't want to go to bed, Rick had got home from uh, UK Games Expo, so we did a bit, uh, we did a quick game of Star Wars, uh, the card game on Tabletop Simulator, uh, which me and Rick had been wanting to do for about a year, uh, and I figured, well, you know, Rick's only had three hours sleep, and he's just driven all the way to Birmingham and back, what better time? So it was way too late at night, but really enjoyed it. I have played Star Wars the card game uh, in physical form once when it came out, and really enjoyed it, and I've been wanting to try again with it. So yeah, we did that. Anyway, on the Sunday, Lock and Low Tactical Digital. So I'd mentioned this earlier on, and I'm coming back to it now, because all of the previous plays, they were all done basically because I was about to do this video on the Sunday. And I'd announced that I was doing the video, I'd told the publisher, and then when I looked into it, I was like, okay, now I didn't know anything about this game. All I know is that Mo had recommended it to me, I looked into it a little bit, it seems to be highly rated, it's a Hex Encounter war game, let's go for it. And it was only the week before when suddenly I felt myself drowning and went, I don't know whether I'm going to be able to do this, because my situation is that I'm covering a lot of games on the channel. My brain is only a certain size. I have all of these games in my head at any one time that I have to learn well enough to be able to do a playthrough of. I'm also working on the rule books for four heavy games right now. And all of that, and I'm working on all of them every day. And my brain just can't, can't take it all. So when I saw this Hex Encounter War game, and then I realized this has a 192 page rule book, Oh dear. Now, to be fair, you don't need to read all 192 pages because this is a this is a Hex Encounter war game with hundreds and hundreds of rules for covering every situation in so many different things. And the scenario we were playing was an introductory scenario with no tanks and very simple rules. So I didn't need to read the entire rulebook, but this game was quite complex. And I was concerned that I don't have the brain capacity to be able to learn this game well enough to be able to do the playthrough. But the playthrough was advertised, and although I had a bit of a panic the night before, uh, and the morning, it went really well. If you are interested, go and check it out. It's on the channel now, just search my channel for uh, Lock and Load Tactical Digital. As I say, I'm not gonna lie to you, this is a big, heavy, complex game if you want to get into it. It is an old school Hex Encounter war game, 
but it's been updated. The rules are as streamlined as they can be. There's a lot of rules that are very, very realistic. And the reason why I pursued with it, because I'll be honest with you, after I'd done that playthrough the week before, I was at the point of writing to the publisher and saying, look, you sent me these keys for this game, and I said I would do some coverage for you. I'm really sorry, but this game is just way beyond me. This game is way too much for me. I can't do it. It's too much. And I will I will give you the money in exchange for the keys that you've already because you can't give them back once you've once you've redeemed them. That's that's where I was. And I didn't do that, and I'm glad I didn't. Because even if I don't play this game again, I am glad that I played it. And there are certain parts of that game that have stuck in my mind. And thank you very much to Peter for giving up your time and uh, and not just teaching me how to play the game, but also walking me through it and, and being my opponent on, on the day. Um, yeah, I, all I can say is that if you're looking for a, a nice, quick, simple Hex Encounter War game, this is not it. If you are looking for something which is very detailed, very complex, and is going to take you a lot of time to learn and get into, uh, it's worth it. If, if you want that out of a game, and to be honest, if I was retired and had given up all of my other gaming and I said, right, that's it, I'm now going to do Hex and Counter War games, Lock and Low Tactical Digital is probably the game that I would choose because of what I've seen about it, but I just don't have that, that time and capacity. But anyway, the video's there, it was good. Um, it took us an hour, I think, to play, maybe an hour and a half or something like that, but yeah, it was interesting. Right, moving on, the 4th of August, Terraforming Mars Ares Expedition arrived. I did an unboxing video of it, and then I did a private video for patron supporters, which was Paul learns how to play the game and then plays it solo. So I have played Terraforming Mars Ares Expedition once solo. I do want to cover it multiplayer on the channel, but if you are a patron supporter, you have access to the video where I basically learned how to play the game from the rulebook and then played a solo game. What do I think of it? Well, the first thing I'm going to say about it is the production quality of the base game of Terraforming Mars isn't great. Uh, I hope the publisher doesn't mind me saying that, um, because it isn't. Uh, okay, I, I personally don't like the graphic design and the style of the cards. I feel that they're a bit dated and I don't like clip art pictures. Um, the rulebook wasn't good. The production quality of the game wasn't good. Terraforming Mars Ares Expedition, forget all of that. It's great, really good. Everything about it, production quality of the game, all of the components, all of the cards, the graphic design of the cards looks clean, modern, it's all there, okay? Now, what do I think of the game itself? I'm a fan of Terraforming Mars. When I started reading the fact that a lot of people said that Ares Expedition has replaced Terraforming Mars for them, I'm like, wow, it must be good. Now, I've played it and I enjoyed it, but no way is it ever going to replace Terraforming Mars for me. Absolutely no way. A lot of people criticise Terraforming Mars for being a bit too long. I personally don't find it a bit too long, even at four players. I would happily play Terraforming Mars at four players, maybe even five players, because I love playing Terraforming Mars, so I have no problem with that. And whilst Terraforming Mars Ares Expedition does distill down most of the main points of the game, it is missing a lot of the other parts of the game that I really like. The, the minutiae detail of, of building things on the board and where you put them and all of that sort of stuff, it doesn't have that in the game. Um, it's also mainly Race for the Galaxy, okay? 
be honest with you, it is Race for the Galaxy merged with Terraforming Mars, or with the Terraforming Mars theme. If you don't like the Race for the Galaxy mechanisms, you're probably not going to like this game, because that's pretty much what it is. Really enjoyed it, want to play it more. We'll cover it on the channel at some point. Next up, on the 5th, uh, Viscounts of the West Kingdom. Why did I play Viscounts of the West Kingdom? I can't remember. I know what it was. I think I just posted to my patron supporters on Slack and said, I've got a slot on Thursday the 5th, what should I play? And the suggestion was Viscounts of the West Kingdom. I didn't play it for any other reason other than I had already played it before, I did really enjoy it, I wanted to play it again, so it was recommended to me, and we played it again. Um, now, we were using Tabletop Simulator because uh, my opponents were in Malta and Finland, so they weren't able to pop over for the evening. But yeah, really enjoyed the game. Um, yeah, very enjoyable. And yeah, don't let Mark get too much gold, basically, I think is the, is the uh, synopsis of that. So yeah, Viscounts of the West Kingdom, uh, the third in the trilogy of the West Kingdom games, my favourite one. I have only played Architects once. I've played Paladins once or twice. I've played Viscounts three times, but Viscounts is, is my favourite one of the three. Also, on that day, I played a solo game of Underwater Cities on Yukata, just because, you know, I can. Uh, and I think that is everything. Now, I said that this video log would take all the way up to the 10th of August. So that means I haven't played any games since the 5th of August. When I woke up with the shakes this morning, I was wondering why. Now I understand why. I haven't played any games for five days. I'm going to fix that tonight. Um, other things that I did over the last month. Uh, oh, and you'll find out why I haven't played any games for five days later on in this video log. Other things that I did, I did a game of uh, Gloomhaven Digital with uh, Jill and Mark on the 23rd of July. I can't really say much more about it because of spoilers, but Flame Demons are tough, really tough. One thing that I will say about Gloomhaven Digital, I think it's an amazing adaptation and I love playing it and it's fantastic and in some ways better than the better than the board game. They have done things with some of the scenarios which I've not seen in the board game. And that's really good. There are a number of different styles of scenarios which if they were to introduce them into the board game it would be great, but they've actually they've they've thought a bit outside the box with some of them and they're really good. Uh, and another thing we did, not really a game, but I'll mention it now anyway, 24th of July, uh, me and Vicky tested Season 3 Episode 2 of the Detective Society, which was a paid piece of work and it's a puzzle style game so I can't give you any spoilers, but I did say to Vicky afterwards that that is my favourite episode of the Detective Society that I've played. I really enjoyed it. I can't remember why now, I just made a note and said my favourite one. Other things on the channel. Uh, I did an unboxing video of Marvel Champions on the 21st of July with about 14 packs because I, as I say, I, I decided to pick up everything that I was missing for Marvel Champions. So I did an unboxing video which was two hours long because <laughs> I unboxed everything. So thank you very much for joining me. It was basically a whole evening, a two hour stream of me unboxing Marvel Champions. Um, also, with respect to Marvel Champions, I now have a storage solution, which I'm going to put a picture on screen now. Uh, this took quite a while to do. The, uh, the box is actually from eRaptor. Uh, the dividers are from dividercentral.com. Printed them out, um, made, made the dividers myself, but yeah, this looks really nice. And yeah, all of the cards are sleeved, which means getting to them whenever I need them is a lot easier. Um, other things, I've mentioned I did the Terraforming Mars Ares. Uh, unboxing. I did Knights of Fire unboxing. And I also did a Galaxy Trucker unboxing that I forgot to mention when I was recording this video.
and I did a live Q&A at the end of last month as well. So they're, they're all on the channel if, if you want to see them. And that is all of the games that I've been playing and all of the content that's been on the channel. Now it's time for a Patreon update. So Patreon update, um, again, full transparency here. I want to you know, be honest and let you know uh, how things are going. So last month saw 26 new people join the Patreon. 17 people left, so we have a net increase of plus nine, which is, uh, I think the last two months, we've had a net increase of four or five a month. So yeah, plus nine people is the, is the net difference. Um, so thank you very much to all of the Patreon supporters that have joined me uh, in July. If you have joined me in August, and I know some people have, you will get a mention at the end of, uh, at, at, in the next video log. Um, so yeah, I'm going to put a picture on screen now. This is all of the new people that have joined in July. As I say, I'm not going to mention the 17 people that have left. Um, but yeah, net increase of nine people. And what's not shown on here um, is the people who've had to, who are still supporters but have had to reduce their pledge for whatever reason, one or another. But that's that's where we are. Now at the moment, there are, as of now, I think I currently have 710 subscribers. Uh, not subscribers, 710 patrons. And I said that once I got to 700, I would be doing something new. That is happening, okay? So the Gaming Rules podcast is starting up again. Um, I'm working uh, with somebody on it and we are working out how to make it happen, but it's going to happen. And at some point, either in the next week, maybe this Friday, maybe this Friday it will go live. When it does go live, I will make an announcement. But basically, there's going to be a Gaming Rules podcast. Now, it isn't going to be anything new. It is basically going to be audio versions of these video logs and my live Q&As. Because um, a number of people have contacted me and said they can't watch these video logs or they don't have time. But if they were a podcast, they'd be able to listen to them on the way to work. So this video log, and if you are listening to this now as a podcast, then it is the support of the Patreon campaign that has made that possible. Yeah, so that, that's happening. That's a thing. And I'm hoping that the Patreon doesn't dip below 700. If it does, hopefully it'll only be temporary. Um, but that's that's where we are at the moment. So yeah, a big thank you to all of my existing Patreon supporters and all of the new ones for making this possible. Um, Gaming Rules podcast starting soon. Uh, and speaking of the Patreon, yeah, as I mentioned at the start, this video and a lot of the other content that I'm creating is only made possible through the support of the Patreon. Uh, so if you are in a position to be able to support me, even just at $1 a month, then your support is greatly appreciated. Every month I do a giveaway as part of the Patreon. Last month, the giveaway was for a copy of On Mars Alien Invasion, which Eagle Griffin said that I could give a copy away to one of my Patreon supporters. So I did the draw and the winner was Tim O'Connell, uh, which I'm very happy about for a number of reasons. First of all, I don't have the physical copy of the game and Tim's over in America. When I have a physical copy of the game to give away and the winner is in America, I'm like, Okay, right, it's going to cost me like 20 or 30 quid to send it over to America. Um, I don't have the physical copy of the game yet because it hasn't been printed. Eagle Griffin have basically, they've got Tim's details on a list and he's been added to it and he will get one straight from them so I don't have to get involved. The other reason I'm very happy about it is Tim is a big fan of On Mars and hadn't ordered the expansion. And it's always nice when somebody, especially for an expansion, you know, when somebody wins the game who's already a fan of the base game. So congratulations, Tim. Thank you very much for your support. The contest for this month is for a copy of Merv. Mentioned it earlier on, I did a solo playthrough. There has been a second print run of Merv. Uh, Osprey Games contacted me and said, Paul, would you mind doing another video for Merv? And I said, yep, that, that's fine. No problem whatsoever. Um, but it's obviously gonna take me a few hours to prepare and everything else. 
So I'm not asking for any money for it, but would you be able to give me a copy of the game for me to give away as a giveaway? And they said, yeah, absolutely. So yeah, thank you very much to Osprey Games for, and they haven't given it to me. Uh, they are keeping it and they will send it to whoever wins. So if you are a patron supporter of mine at producer level or higher, you automatically get entered into the contest. You don't need to do anything. And I put everybody's name into a hat uh, and do a draw and I'll let you know if you win. Good luck. Right. That's the Patreon update done. Moving forward, plans tonight. 18 months after we last played. Is it 18 months? It's a long time, but tonight sees the start of the Arkham Horror, the card game, or Arkham Horror LCG campaign. Same four people as last time. Me, Alan, uh, Andy, Alan, Emily. Uh, we are playing the Forgotten Age. So last time, last year, no, year before, we did Carcosa. That finished, we finished the Carcosa campaign I think a week before lockdown. Um, now that lockdown rules are easing in the UK, we've all been double vaccinated and everything else, and we're all doing a lateral flow test. Uh, I've got to do mine straight after I've filmed this um, because I was away at the weekend and I just want to be just want to be safe. Um, anyway, we're starting tonight. So the Forgotten Age chapter one is starting tonight. It's going to be twice a month, every month for the next four months. Uh, Arkham Horror, the card game for me, is very likely a top 10 game for me. Why? It's just brilliant. Now, mechanically, I have some issues with it, okay? For example, you have a deck of cards. Your gun, your allies, your guard dog, and all of your stuff are in your deck. It, it doesn't work thematically, right? If you are an investigator, you go with your gun. If you have a friend, they are with you from the start. But in this game, because it's an LCG, you only have those things once you draw them during the game. And you will be playing a game where it'll be, oh, it's the end of the game, and oh, there's my gun. Well, that doesn't fit. That's not realistic, okay? And yes, I use the word realistic in a game with Cthulhu. Um, and also, it's roll to resolve. Now, it isn't roll dice, it is draw a token out of the bag. But it is effectively make a decision, decide how much effort you want to put into that, and then you draw a token out of the bag to see whether it works or not. But, and they, and they are two mechanisms which are like, Ugh. but this is a cooperative story game and the narrative is brilliant. The scenario design is brilliant. I can't wait. As I say, one of my favorite games. I love playing it. Friday, Marvel Champions. We are continuing the Red Skull campaign, but uh, Ian's coming around to help us out. So last time it was uh, me as Ant-Man, Rick as Drax. We failed to defeat Absorbing Man. So we got on the phone, we called the Hulk. The Hulk is coming over this Friday is going to help us. So that's that's happening this Friday. Next Wednesday, I am going back to Too Many Bones because I missed it this month, but I did do two last month. Um, so yeah, Too Many Bones is happening this Wednesday. I don't know the details yet. I don't know if it'll be solo, multiplayer. I'll probably be doing another Tyrant from Undertow, I think. Um, but yeah, watch this space. And then next Friday, I'm going to be doing Spirit Island with Luke Hector from The Broken Meeple. Uh, we're going to be using the app because the app is a Perfect. It's really, really good app. Um, we're going to be we're going to be doing that because it's just much easier and it's a great adaptation of the game. Um, other things that are happening in the next few weeks: solo games. At some point, maybe tomorrow, uh, I will be putting up a list for my patron supporters to vote on which solo game they want to play. They want to see me play this month, and I I, I want to do more than one. The situation I'm in at the moment is. Maybe because I haven't played any games for five days and I've got the shakes, but I'm looking at my games and I want to play that one and I want to play that one and I want to play that one. And probably like a lot of people watching this, 
I would love to be able to spend all day, every day playing games. Unfortunately, we all, most of us anyway, have, have life stuff and jobs to do and everything else. But I'm looking at my games and going, I could literally, if I really wanted to, just play a game a day and live stream it. The, the desire is there to do it. The will to produce the content is, is there, just struggling with, with time at the moment. Um, but anyway, yeah, there'll be there'll be one or two solo games coming coming soon. Um, there will also very probably be some Patreon only behind the scenes videos because there are certain things that I want to do that I don't think would make good public streams, like me learning how to play a game or stuff like that. So yeah, if you're a Patreon supporter, you do have access to those. And at the end of the month, very very few people know about this yet. I am going to be having a delayed birthday party. It was my fiftieth in July 2020. We didn't have a party, as you probably uh, know, because obviously it was lockdown. Now, I had a great day here. I had probably, I'll go out on a limb, and I will say it was my best day of 2020. It was my most enjoyable day of 2020. It was my 50th birthday. Vicky had a whole load of stuff planned, and it was really, really nice, and I had a great day. But traditionally, I have had a games weekends on my birthday, and I didn't do that. And then for my 51st, which was back in July, again, we didn't do anything then. So it's been long overdue that I'm, uh, I'm having games weekend. So the plan is that I am contacting uh, the local people uh, in the area. So a lot of people who you've seen on the channel over the last couple of years is contacting them. Um, and I've, I've reached out to a couple of them today, but I haven't really told lots and lots of people yet. Um, but there's going to be a games weekend. Now, as part of that games weekend, my plan is to do, some of it will be live streamed. Um, I, I don't know what yet. Uh, and, and some of it might end up being Patreon only, depending on the game that we play. So yeah, watch this space. But end of the month, games weekend. So just to finish off the vlog for this month, uh, just a bit of personal news. Um, the situation that I've been talking about in, the, in my personal life for the last couple of months, that's kind of still ongoing, still in a difficult place, uh, and it, it is dragging on a bit now, which is a bit concerning, but I'm not gonna go into too much detail uh, here. Um, so one of the things that we did, and the reason why I didn't go to UK Games Expo, and the reason why I had no games for the last five days, is we went to a wedding. Not just any wedding, we went to Vicky's sister's wedding. This was planned, uh, this is the third time. It was originally gonna happen in July 2020, it then got delayed to, the, to June of this year, and it then got delayed again to August. And we went, and what was really a bit strange is that we've spent 18 months hardly seeing anybody, hardly going out, and when we do go out, we're wearing masks. You know, when, when you were allowed to start eating out in restaurants, we didn't. When you were allowed to start having six people round from different households, we didn't. We're not scared or terrified or anything like that. We just erred on the side of caution a little bit. And then all of a sudden, we're at this event where there's over 100 people, nobody's wearing masks, we're all shaking hands, hugging, touching, not touching in that way. Um, you know, yeah, and it was a little strange and a little weird. Now, it was safe. It was as safe as they can be. The venue put on a, they had a system where everybody had to prove that they were double vaccinated or they'd done a lateral flow test in the morning or whatever. So it was as safe as, as, it, as it could be, really. Um, but the way that we figured is that if, you know, we're not going to not go to it. And if we go to it and we picked up COVID, then so be it, you know, and we'll now suffer the consequences of that. 
But the reason why I didn't go to UK Games Expo is we were effectively in self-isolation beforehand because we didn't want to be exposed to it because we didn't want to miss the wedding. So we decided that we'd do a couple of big shops and then we basically wouldn't go out, which is why most of the videos that I did in the week leading up to that weekend um, were solo games because we didn't really want to have people over just in case. Um, however, there were a couple of trips to an urgent care centre at Tiverton Hospital um, due to a very, very nasty cat bite from that cute little cat over there when Loki brought in a bird one day and we tried to free the bird. If the bird isn't like, you know, half eaten, if it's still alive, we try to free the bird so that it can escape. Because sometimes they bring in birds and they just have them in their mouth and they don't actually, um, you know, they don't actually kill them. Um, and unfortunately, Vicky was trying to get the bird out of Loki's mouth and chomp. Now, he didn't do it deliberately and uh, he has no idea that he's done it. But that was a, that was a trip to an urgent care centre uh, for antibiotics, addressing, and then we went back a few days later because it looked a bit dodgy, but it was okay. It was okay. Vicky's finger's still not returned to normal, but um, yeah, no signs of any infection or anything like that. So anyway, yeah, that's, that's, uh, that was the wedding. Um, a little bit unusual, as I say, to go from where we have been to that. Um, and the situation is that now that the wedding's out of the way, we are, you know, I'm not going to start walking around Columpton licking people, but we are being a little bit less cautious. So tonight, Andy, Alan and Emily are coming around. That's three different households, plus this one. It's four different households that are going to be mixing tonight. Totally, totally legal. We've all been double vaccinated. It's as, it's as safe as we can be. Um, but for me... Yeah, it's, it's time to stop it affecting my life as it has been, um, which it's been affecting everybody's lives. Um, but a lot of people are now starting to try and move on from it. And I think that's where that's where I am now. So, yeah, we'll, we'll just see. We'll see how things go. But anyway, thank you very much for watching. Make sure you give the video a like and leave me a comment in the video if I've talked about a game that you want to you want to comment on or let me know anything else that you want to you want to talk about um thank you very much to all of my patreon supporters again for funding the channel uh, and keeping me going if you like the content that i create uh not just this video but all of the other videos as well you can support me and support the channel at patreon.com forward slash gaming rules but until next time take care and thanks for watching <laughs>